I want to show you this too. Um, Uganda, now I always tell you what's happening, but uh, this past Friday we had another discipleship gathering, and um, they said they, were, they could only accommodate a thousand people. Now, this was in the jungle this time. We've been going to these districts, they set up these screens, and uh, we ministered to those who were saved over Grace Radio. We're going to go all over the country. And there's a lot of people. But anyway, they said that these storms were threatening. Black clouds to threatening. You know, it's tough in the jungle and the rain probably. But anyway, they started praying and the, the rain stopped just in time for the discipleship gathering. Then after the baptism, it started raining like crazy. So we thank God for that. Fifty Muslims... Now, these Muslims did not get saved by Grace Radio. They came to see what was happening at the discipleship gathering. Fifty Muslims gave their life to Jesus. And here's a lady. This evidently happened back at the beginning because it's been going on 11 months. But she said she could not um, get married. No man would have anything to do with her. So, anyway, she went to the local witch doctor and he gave her some... um, some kind of medicine that is supposed to attract men to you. And she said that made it worse. No one would come near her. And a friend told her to listen to Grace Radio. She gave her life to Jesus. She was delivered. And anyway, she's married. Without the help of the witch doctor. <clears throat> Without, you know, Jesus did this. So we just thank God... And that is an amazing thing, too. Thank you guys for praying. Uh, what was it? Oh, the Internet was terrible. Friday in the jungle, they could not get it going. And uh, so I asked some of our prayer team. And uh, anyway, it went on without a glitch the whole time. There was not one single glitch. And uh, so it's amazing. Yeah, if I didn't know better, I think the whole nation is coming to Jesus. I mean, it, you know. And... Um, I just want to just stay in that place. Lord, let God get all the glory, you know. And, and uh, we always tell them because they want to see what I look like. And uh, so we always remind them, you know, some water, some plant, but God gives the increase. And it's God that gets all the glory. We just happen to be at the right place at the right time. And we started throwing these nets out to the nations. And anyway, God is honoring that. Now... To follow up on um, what Teresa shared, I, before I get into the Word this morning, I saw where Elon Musk bought Twitter. And wouldn't you know, was it two days after they just happened to come up with a new disinformation board? As if they thought of that, you know, just overnight. It was, it's under the DHS, the Department of Homeland Security, where they're going to police and govern the flow of information. And uh, whatever they don't like, they're going to s- shut down. But that's what they've been doing. You know, it's really amazing to me that those who told us there was no absolute truth are now censoring and removing from the public domain anything they deem as not being absolute truth. And uh, we knew all along it had nothing to do with the truth. It had everything to do with their agenda. But I thank God God is exposing all this. He said there's nothing covered that will not be revealed. And so he's exposing the hearts of men and the deeds of the wicked. Now many people are asking, well, who's going to rise up and do, do something about all of this tyranny? Because it's blatantly unconstitutional. You know, I think we have the Bill of Rights. It's called the freedom of speech. And uh, so who's going to do anything about it? And uh, yeah, there you go. I hear people starting to say that. And uh, there are those like Teresa and there are many others. You know, the greatest threat to the globalist agenda is the church of Jesus Christ. And the reason is because we have a global agenda. We believe that God so loves the whole globe that He gave His only begotten Son. 
And we also believe that it's God's will that none should perish and that all should come to repentance. Does that mean that all will come to repentance? No. But it does mean that we believe it. And we're going to shout from the top of our voice. And, uh, you know, this is part of the awakening. The, the awakening's happening. People are awakening. And they're stepping up and they're believing. They're um, going to call on their God and use the authority that He's given us. And, uh, but anyway, I want to I lead us in a prayer because, you know, not only is that disinformation board dangerous and illegal, it's, it's anti-Christ. Well, who has the authority over the Antichrist? The only one I know is Jesus Christ, and it's His church. And so maybe all these things are happening so that we'll cry out to heaven. You know, you call out to God. That was a great scripture. Call upon me, and I'll show you great and mighty things. Well, I found another verse, and this is what I want to lead us in prayer. Psalm 50, verse 15. Call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you. That's what God said. And you shall glorify me. You know, he would get a lot of glory if the church in America rose up and just started calling upon him. Because if you've noticed, politicians are not... And we want to get involved in every way we can, but our hope is a little bit higher. Our hope is upon Him. So the Scripture says, call upon Him in the day of trouble. You know, there are many people, I don't know who they are, but there are some folks that have not awakened to the fact that our nation is in trouble. To, to get out of trouble, you've got to wake up. And, uh, you know, it's just like if you're lost, you've got to know you're lost before you can be saved. And then He said, I will deliver you. And you will glorify me. And so you just join me in prayer this morning. I want to pray. I want to ask God to mess up the plans of the disinformation board. Because I don't see, any, I don't see anybody going to do that except us. So just agree with me in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we stand on your word, Psalm 50. You said, call upon me in the day of trouble. And I will deliver you and you will glorify me. And Lord, we call upon you, Lord, there are those who are doing things that are so anti-constitutional, Lord, it's not even close, but God, we also know that it's anti-Christ, and you said you've given the church authority to trample upon scorpions and serpents and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm us. So Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus, that this plan of a disinformation board would be squandered, squashed. Lord, we pray, let confusion come into the camp of the enemy. Dispel, displace, bring down, Lord, that which has exalted itself against the knowledge of the truth. And Lord, all the other plans that are coming, that are unfolding, that we're hearing about. And in the coming weeks, this unfolding plan to bring all the nations under the who. Lord, we, declare, we don't know who who is, but we know who you are. And uh, Lord, we thank you that you rule over even the who. And we declare that in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Now, what if churches around America ignored all these things? And to some of us, you are young. But I want you to go with me to John chapter 4. We don't care if you're young, you're old, you're middle-aged, you're a child. Just do something. Get up and believe God and be the salt of the earth. Be the, the light of the world. Well, amen. I want to go into uh, John chapter 4 and uh, verse 39. And let's read these scriptures. And, and then I want to just share some things and... See what God will do this morning. I have a real expectancy today. Anybody else? And by the way, if you're visiting with us from wherever you're from, we welcome you guys to the gathering. People want to come, and we appreciate when you come and visit with us. And those of you that are online, you're part of our family, and we hope we get to meet you one day. But if not, it's okay. You can tell us when we get to heaven, hey, I was part of the gathering family. And... Um, Especially all you guys in Uganda. We got a big family in Uganda, you know that. It's a big, 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 big. It's getting bigger. And we thank God for it. And we're just amazed. But anyway, look at verse 39. 
And many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him. Because of the word of the woman who testified, he told me all things I ever did. Now, he didn't tell her all things she ever did, but he told her enough to get her attention. And when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with them. He stayed two days. And many more believed because of his own word. Then they said to the woman, Now we believe, not because of what you said, for we ourselves have heard him. And we know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Now, we have friends that are part of our family in Moravian Falls, Michael and Judy. And uh, you know those. And uh, anyway, Judy sent me something from Dutch Sheets. You know, Dutch has been doing this take 15 every day. It's a prayer, you know, journey. And I've not been keeping up with that, but Judy sent me one of the ones, and it was very timely. And it was about a dream that one of Dutch's friends had about these four wells that were opening up across the land. And one of them was the, the, the well of prayer. And uh, there's just a new wave of intercession and prayer and prayer warriors being raised up. The second was spiritual leaders being renewed with holy fire. How many of you think that would be a good thing? If we got a little fire, you know, we, we want fire. And it ain't going out. I don't care what they do. And then world missions. And that's interesting. They don't even know anything about what's happening in Uganda. But God is obviously moving in answer to prayer. But then the, the next one and the last one was My Harvest Well was the name of it. And then I looked on the information. And right after that it said, The keys will work now. Now, some of you guys don't know what that is, but to me, that means a whole lot. I, I want to show you a picture. Go ahead and put that up there. Shirley and I, we were in Arkansas. We were doing the wedding for my, uh, my nephew, and it was in Hot Springs. And uh, at this apartment, you know, it took me a while to figure out that this was probably a prophetic thing. But uh, this was sitting on the table with the, the lake in the background. Now, there, there wasn't any liquid in the vases there, but we had, that's the only thing we did to change things. But there's the wheat against the sea, the water. There are the binoculars, and then the two vases. So we put in there the two things we could think about. You know, in the book of Revelation, there are two things you're not going to be allowed to harm. What is that? The oil and the wine. So the, the wheat is obviously speaks of what? The harvest, the water, the water, the word, and the sea of humanity, because the harvest will come out of the wa- the sea, and uh, these are the day. And then the binoculars, where does that fit in? What did Jesus say about the harvest? He said, "Do you not say there's still four months, and then comes harvest?" I say to you, lift up your eyes and look. So you look through those binoculars, because the harvest is ripe, and then the oil, the anointing. Of the Spirit and the wine, the new wine. I believe there's a new wine being distributed today for those that are thirsty and those that are willing. And how many of you know that Jesus saves His best wine for last? So I believe what we're seeing in Uganda, we're going to see in America. I believe it. Now some of you think, well, that's impossible. God has a way of making things that look impossible suddenly possible. And my faith is in Him, not in you. So I thank God for that. So anyway, okay, you can let that go. We thought that was an amazing thing. It was an amazing place to stay for a few days for a wedding. And, uh, but it was, it was glorious. Anyway, John chapter 4 now. Just think of what happened. The very familiar story. The woman of Samaria, she'd been, she went to the well. She'd been going to that well often to re- receive water, bring it back home for her family. On this particular day, Jesus is sitting by the well. He's exhausted because of his travels. And uh, as the woman approached, Jesus asked her for a drink. And uh, she was stunned because you see in verse 9, 
of John 4, this was highly unusual. Jews had nothing to do with Samaritans. Why did this Jew have something to do with her? So this obviously got her attention. Jesus in verse 10 said, If you knew the gift of God who was asking you for a drink, you would have asked me, and I would have given you living water. And uh, Jesus in verse, uh, verse 13 and 14, whoever drinks of this water from the well, you're going you're gonna to thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give them, they will never thirst. And they'll have a water fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. So the woman responds to Jesus and says, sir, give me some of this water. And then, you know, he exposes something that's going on behind the scenes in her life. Uh, he says, go get your husband. And you, he says, I don't have a husband. No, you have five husbands. And the one you have now is not even your husband. And so she goes and gives the testimony. Come and see a man that will, it's told me all things that I've ever done. Now, you know, the Lord could just focus on all things we've done. Or he could focus on the things he did about what we've done. Amen. And that's where I think he's rising up in this hour. How many of you have done things that you would be a little bit ashamed of if anybody found out? Anybody? But thank God God did something about what we've done. And uh, that has to be our focus. And looking, that's what they said in verse 42. After admitting, come, he, here's a man that did something about all I've ever done. And then all of them said, now we believe you by what you shared, but we believe because we've heard from him that uh, we ourselves have heard Him, and we know that this indeed is the Christ, the Savior of the world. Now, there are many religions in the world. What is it? India alone has over 2,000 gods. Well, little g, false gods. And anyway, that's a bunch of false gods. I wonder how many false gods we have in America. Probably more than 2,000. I don't know. We'll find out because all of them are going to tumble one by one. And because there's only one, his name is Jesus. And he's, he is king. Teresa reminded us, he is king. And, uh, and that's what we declare and we know it. But, you know, Christianity, obviously there's something about Christianity because it's the only one that really draws the fire. The fire from hell. I mean, Satan wants to wipe us out. How come? Because we have the truth. Because we're a threat. If you have the real thing, you can expect to come under fire in this hour. But if you're on fire, what, what's that fire going to do? It's not going to do anything because you're already on fire. And you will burn regardless of what they do. And, but we know there's a big difference. We know that our, you know, if you have to call it a religion, and in James it does tell a little, talk a little bit about religion. But more than a religion, it's a relationship, right? We have a relationship. It's not about keeping rules. It's about knowing the one who rules. And he rules in our heart, right? And he's written his law in our heart. And that's who we really are. And uh, so we understand. It's also, you know, Christianity is not about what we, we do to get to God. Could you imagine going to a witch doctor and they're giving you some kind of potion that you have to take to draw men to you or women to you. There was a time in my life I might have fallen for that because I thought oh, nobody will have anything to do with me. You know, and uh, so anyway, I thank God nobody offered me any potion. But anyway, it's not what we do. It's what God did to get to us. And the potion is the blood of Jesus and it works. His works, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness. But we also know that not everyone who calls him, calls him Lord really knows Him as Lord. Remember Matthew chapter... Look over there real quickly. Matthew chapter 7. Just remind ourselves of this. Verse 21, Jesus said, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven... But he who does the will of my Father in heaven. And then he says, many will come to me in that day. Have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not done all these wonderful, astounding things? Cast out demons in your name. And yet, maybe one of the saddest scriptures in all the Bible. 
He will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that you're working, workers of lawlessness. In other words, they were doing things out of obligation and not out of obedience. So the topic this morning, and I just felt like to shout this over the land, okay? So I I know you're the choir and you would agree, but I want to talk about genuine Christianity. How many of you think there might be some counterfeit faiths out there? And there's even a counterfeit Christianity. And uh, Alan Smith told us about Friday night. He shared how he had a friend that he thought was serving the Lord what for many, many, many years in the church faithful. And then he got saved. After being saved, what everybody thought he was saved, and he said, Alan asked him, what happened to you? And he said, what happened, Alan, is I was religious, but God all of a sudden showed me who I was And when he showed me who I was, I wanted to know him. And I've given my life to him. And it stunned Alan. And I remember, I remember when we were in Mississippi, the the piano player. I thought she was a godly lady. She played wonderful piano. Been in church all her life since she was a child. And in that move of God we had, she was one of the ones, or somewhere around that time, maybe before, after she got saved. She gave her life to Jesus. And we were all stunned. You? Genuine Christianity. Now, you know, we've looked at the shaking that's going on. It's going, there's a lot of shaking going on. And uh, if you're not being shaken, hang on because you will be. I mean, he said, everything that can be shaken will be shaken. So that the only thing that remains is that which God has created, that which is initiated from Him. And one of the things that's going to be shaken is our religion, our so-called faith. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. These are those who they were seeking proof that Christ was speaking through Paul. And Paul, he appreciated that, but then he looked at them and he said, You should examine yourselves to see if you are in the faith. Test yourselves. When we lived in Mobile, Alabama, that's where we moved from here. And um, yeah, it was an amazing time. And we were one day exploring downtown Mobile. We were in the park. And, uh, you know, it's right there at the bay. You know, the bay is called the bay. It was originally called the Bay of the Holy Spirit. And uh, we had a conference there one time called Thunder in the Bay. And we had all these drums. It was pretty amazing. And uh, Ray Hughes was there and Bobby. And I don't remember if Bob came over or not from where he was in Florida. But um, I think he did. But anyway, we stirred up a lot of... We stirred up a hornet's nest. You know, the drumming all them drums and stuff. They had a bunch of drums. But anyway, we're exploring in the park. And I found this monument behind one of the azalea bushes that had covered it up. And it, it was a monument to the founders of the, the city. And one of them was Pierre Lemoyne, and the other one was Jean-Baptiste Lemoyne. And John the Baptist, named after John the Baptist. And it said that these two brothers had founded the city of Mobile as a place they wanted to display genuine Christianity. They wanted Mobile to be known as a city where there are genuine, authentic Christians. Anyway, I thought that was a pretty amazing thing. I believe that before it's all said and done, America is again going to have a testimony that we are a nation where you can find some genuine, authentic Christians. It's going to be somehow on display before the whole world once again. Now... The thing we have to understand is, you know, Revelation chapter 12 says we overcome in three ways. We overcome the spirit of Antichrist. I know it says the accuser of the brethren. How many of you have ever faced the accuser of the brethren? Yeah, probably every day in your mind, the accuser. So we have to overcome in these three ways. But... I think it's also a way to define genuine Christianity because, number one, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb. So as a people of God, we, we proclaim we're under the blood of Jesus Christ. Secondly, 
It's we overcome by the word of our testimony. And so it's our testimony. We confess him before the world that, that we know him. That's how we define that we're really, we're genuine. And then also, we were those who loved not our lives even unto death. You know, Jesus in Luke chapter 21, he said there's certain things that are going to come. And he said they will lay hands on you and persecute you. And they will throw you into the synagogue and prison. But remember what he said about that. All of this will turn out as a great testimony for you. So don't even be concerned with what you're going to say in advance. Shirley shared a scripture with me this week. And I've learned to listen now. When, when, when she says, hey, I've got a verse I want to share with you. Used to, I'd carry on what I'm doing and, you know, yeah, sure, you know. I'm just being honest. You know, sometimes you listen, but you're not really listening. Anybody else confess to that? You know, you're listening. You're, you're not in your head. But you didn't, hear, you didn't hear a word of what they said. But anyway, when she says, I've got a scripture, I listen. Because she's proven, this is a word from the Lord. So Jonah chapter 4, verse 11. Should I not, and instead of Nineveh, let's put in America. Should I not pity America, that great nation, in which there are more than, it says 120,000 for Nineveh, but which there are more than 360 million people who cannot discern their right hand from their left. And I believe that pretty well describes where we are in this hour. We've got multitudes of people in America. There are fellow Americans. And they no longer know their right hand from their left. They don't know if, if something is anti-constitution or not, or, or not. They don't know if something is anti-Christ or not. And we're going to have a testimony that will define what is genuine and what is authentic. Now, we already said earlier... A Christian is a disciple, right? Does anybody know it all? Have you already arrived? Even Paul said, I've not arrived. He was the greatest missionary that ever lived. He said, but I press on. And so a disciple is a follower. And so you, you have to follow to be a disciple, but be a disciple to follow. Jesus said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and learn from me. How many of you know there's something more to learn? So we want to follow Him. And He will teach us. The Holy Spirit will teach us all things. He's the greatest teacher. He's the greatest discipler. You know, I've, I always hear people, you got to, you know, have, have someone that's discipling you. But when I was young, I had a lot of people discipling me. Some of them I never met. But they were disciples, like Jack Taylor was a spiritual father long before he became my real spiritual father. And there are people that spoke into my life. But, uh, but I found the Holy Spirit has been my greatest discipler. How many about you? He really... And so he'll lead the right people to you to say the right thing at the right time. And you've got to be listening. Because how many times do we miss the very word of the Lord... Because he came in a package you weren't expecting it to come from. So anyway, Jesus walking by the Sea of Galilee, and there were two brothers. It wasn't Pierre and Jean-Baptiste. It was Peter and Andrew. And Jesus said, come and follow me. And what did they do? They, they were fishermen. And they, cast, they dropped their nets, and they came and followed him immediately. Now I want to look at what the Bible says as to what a genuine, authentic Christian is. Because I have a feeling we need to start somewhere. We need God to shake the religious foundations of America. And my saying it, it's not going to make it happen. It's going to happen anyway. I'm just coming into agreement. Because everything that can be shaken is going to be shaken. And you're going to know those who are really of the faith. You know, did not Jesus say, when I return, will I even find faith on the earth? I'm determined the answer will be yes. How many of you are determined? I, for one, I don't know. Though none go with me, I will follow you. It may come down to that. 
that everyone has deserted him. But you have to be determined, I'm going to follow him no matter what. So there are five things I wanted to mention this morning that have to do with authentic, genuine Christianity. And the first one is in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And I'll just touch on these things just to remind us, but also to speak it over the atmosphere, okay? Over the nation. And the, and the first one in chapter 1 of 1 Corinthians, you know, we see here that Paul is addressing certain divisions that were taking place among the Corinthian believers. And he's admonishing them. You know, let, don't let there be any schisms. Don't let there be any divisions among you. And in verse 11, he says, It's been declared to me concerning you by my brethren, Chloe's household. I, I figured out Chloe's household, that is who they're talking about when you hear them talking about who they are. You ever heard somebody say, that's what they say? Well, I think Chloe's household, they were the one. They are they. So he heard this rumor from Chloe's household that there are contentions among you. And there were some saying, I'm of Paul and I'm of Apollos. Some were being a little more bold, said, I'm of Christ. And yet Paul, you know, jumped in, said, I'm not baptizing you in all these things. But look in verse 17, Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with the words of wisdom, lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. And then he goes on, that very, to me, famous scripture, the message of the cross is foolishness to those that are perishing. But to us who are being saved, what is it? It's the power of God. And then he goes on and describes how to the, you know, the Jews, you know, it's offensive, that message. And to the Greeks, it's absolutely foolish. It's too simple that I could put my faith in someone that died for me. Yet that's not where the story ends. He not only died, he rose from the dead. And I believe, if I could just share with you, the preaching of the cross is going to start being popular again in America. Because all these other things hadn't done a whole lot of good. Now, I'm not saying we don't focus on other things, but in chapter 2, what did Paul say? He said, I I claim to know nothing among you. I purpose to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Now, does that mean he didn't talk about anything else? No, it doesn't, because we read he talked about a lot of things. But it means the foundation is that you must go back. There must be that foundation of Christ crucified. That is, we know that Christ is the Savior of the world, that he's been crucified. Now, remember I shared with you the vision when Benny Hinn, he saw a vision in 2019, and he, he was in Uganda, and he's at a crusade. How many of you remember that? Some of you do. And he's walking across. You know, he says, I see a vision. I, the Holy Ghost. You know, as Benny Hinn can do. I see a vision. The Holy Ghost showed me a great revival coming to Uganda. You know, a mighty move of the Holy Spirit of salvation and restoration coming to the nation of Uganda. In 2022. Well, three years after that, it happened. Even before that, we got a head start in the latter part of 2021. Well, one of the, you know, I just remembered when I came on with Morningstar. You guys don't even know. You know how I started before I became Rick's ministry assistant. I started in the mail room. I was one of the first voices anyone heard that did the tape of the month. I would say... This is March 2000. What year was it? Five or six or seven or eight or one or three? Ninety-three? Ninety-three? Are you kidding me? Oh, oh my goodness. Anyway, I'm the voice of the month. And then I moved up to the mailroom. And I remember, you know, I'd already been, we were a pastor down in Mississippi. We'd seen that move of God and things. And we were in Mobile and other stuff. And I remember one time telling God, I'm stuffing envelopes. And I said, God, this is great. This is wonderful. I'm stuffing envelopes for a big-time ministry. God, I could do this the rest of my life. I'm having the time. I was, I'm literally, I was having a blast. Stuffing envelopes, and they were sending out the tape of the month or whatever it was, you know. And, and then God, 
interrupted things and he started me on the journey. But I remember the first vision that I had. We had a conference at Life Church in Pineville. Was it Randall Worley? How many of you, you don't know, you don't, it's before your, if it was back in 93, man, that's before my time. I wasn't even around then. But anyway, Randall Worley was the pastor. And I remember being in the church and they had a big cross, you know, behind the pulpit area. And I had a vision where I saw the cross on fire. Some of you, you remember this. And then secondly, the cross was dripping wet. It was, someone had like thrown water on the cross and put the fire out. And then the third vision, part of it was all of a sudden it's like somebody came along with a blowtorch and the cross was engulfed with flames. And I felt like the Lord said, that's exactly what's happened. The church started out with a fiery preaching of the cross. And then some religious Pharisees showed up and put it out. However they put it out, they put it out. It was dripping wet. But in this day, the fire of God is coming back. And I'm telling you, it's going to be set ablaze. And I would just tell you that a powerless Christianity is a crossless Christianity. And we got to preach the cross. Listen, it's the only bridge, it's the only hope that Jesus died. So that's number one. you got to focus on the cross. Number two, authentic Christianity has to do with our conscious awareness that we need a Savior. You know, if you don't know you're lost, you're going to stay lost. If all of a sudden, the whole city is infected with, you know, some virus, a real one, and people are dropping dead, and you don't know what's going on, you don't know what's happening, and you just carry on, no, you got to respond to, you got to know. And the same thing with our nation. we got to know we're in trouble so you can get out of trouble. Does that make sense? you got to know. You, that's what they said. For we ourselves are persuaded. We know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. You know, I believe every person on the planet is looking for something to satisfy the longing within their, their soul. You know, like God created us with this hunger and thirst that we need God. There's something missing, and He's the only one that can fill it up. Now, you know, we've been told, and it's probably a good thing to know this. You can live how many days without food? I know you can live 40 days. I know that for a fact. But they say you can live about 55 to 60 What Brother Sadhu told us about somebody living up in the Himalayan mountains that went way, I don't remember how long, but when he said it, it's like, what, that guy's living supernaturally. How can you go that long? You know, I don't know about all that, but I know eventually you're going to have to eat. How long can you live without water? Three days. So, in other words... You better make sure you find a source of water. But if your well runs dry, you might want to remember what Jesus said. He said, I have water. I have water which you know it's not. If you drink of this water, you'll never thirst again. Now that could be, you know, literal water. But I know it's a spiritual water. You got to know that you need a Savior. You got to know that you're, you're thirsty And the only hope of quenching that thirst is to turn to the one, the water of life, and receive from Him. Psalm 70 says, For I'm poor and needy. Make haste to help me, O God. What if you didn't know you were poor and needy? You might not call on God, but if you know how desperate the situation is, what are you going to do? You're going to call on God. And I believe a lot of people are going to call on Him, and they're going to find that He is their deliverer. And I pray that God would somehow cover the nation with a fresh sense, consciousness that we must have God again. We must have Him. You know, there are some people still looking to the 22 elections. Can you believe it? 
Do you really think those who took care of the, the last election are going to sit by and let you vote for the people of your choice in the next election without God intervening? Without God intervening. And that's why we need God. And then the third thing is conviction. This is what I pray. God, where is the conviction of the Holy Spirit? I read these stories of revival and people would literally crawl. They would fall out of their seats, out of the pews, and they would crawl to the altar in tears, weeping for a Savior. And look over in Acts chapter 2. I want to show you this real quick. Acts chapter 2. I believe God is stirring this up because He's going to do it again. Acts chapter 2, verse 36. Let all the house of Israel know surely that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were what? What does it say? They were cut to the heart. And they cried out, men and brethren, what must we do? You know, to be cut to the heart means they were pierced. They were pricked in their heart. How many of you remember what it felt like when you were convicted of sin the first time? How many of you remember that? Most of you. Some of you don't. Some of you don't. You'll never forget that feeling. It's not just a feeling, but it's an awareness. But it's more than awareness. It's like you're cut to the heart. Not because you got caught, but because you suddenly understood that your sin nailed him to the cross. That's exactly what they said. They said, we were cut to the heart. Men, every one of you, they they realized that they had sinned against him. Henry Blackaby. How many of you heard of Henry Blackaby? Mighty man of God. None of you have heard of Henry. Well, some of you have. He said, when holy God draws near in true revival, people come under a terrible conviction of sin. That's what we're looking for here. We're looking for folks to walk in and come under conviction. Where they cannot, they can't even get out of their seat without knowing Jesus. You know what I'm talking about. Martin Lloyd-Jones said, What gives us conviction is not the number of sins we've committed, but it is the sight of His holiness. And remember Isaiah said, said, you know, when he saw the Lord, the glory of the Lord filling the house and the train, he said, Woe is me. You know, we need what that man, who Alan thought was a believer for 40-something years, we need that to sweep through America again. And people to awaken That they may have had some religion, but they must have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Nothing else is going to do. To be convicted is a feeling of guilt. Not that you've done bad things. Well, yes, it's part of that. But it's that you've sinned against Him. And against Him only. I remember when I was nine years old, I remember that conviction. I remember my heart beating out of my chest. Anybody else like that? You had that. Your, Your heart beating out of your chest. I couldn't. I remember holding on. You know, that's back in the days where they actually wanted you to confess before men. They believed that Jesus said, if you don't confess before men, I'm not going to confess you before my Father in heaven. So they asked us to do that. And I remember holding on and my knuckles turning white. Anybody else there? Some of you guys remember. But the conviction of the Spirit was greater. It means to detect. It means to lay bare. Expose and experience conviction. It means to admit. It means to agree with God. We need many people in this hour just all of a sudden to awaken and say, You know, God, you were right. This is sin. And this is disgusting in your sight. And I'm a sinner. And I need God's grace. And because I'm agreeing with you, I'm agreeing that what you did for me was enough. And I'm turning to you by faith. And I thank you that the blood of Jesus is enough to cleanse me. And they just believe that. Now, you know, the Holy Spirit is the great convictor, isn't he? I wish I could turn it on. I wish I could make, I wish all of a sudden you could go to, well, not a witch doctor, because that didn't work. If I'm going to go to a witch doctor, I want it to at least work. That potion didn't even work. She should have thrown it away after the first week. This is ridiculous. This stuff doesn't even work. 
According to the testimony, men were more turned away from her than they thought. But she just hung on to that for too long. She should have turned to Jesus a lot sooner. But I wish I could just go get a bottle of Holy Ghost conviction. Man, you know what we could do? Anybody a pilot? You know, I don't know what they're releasing from the skies. I look up and I see all these crosses and marks and stuff. And I, I wonder about all that stuff. I thank God for those that are exposing it. Anyway, there's some that are really bold. They just tell it like it is. You know, they're conspiracy theorists. You know what I found? I told you before. Most conspiracies of yesterday are things you're talking about in the paper today. They, tell, they call you that to shut you up. And to keep people from listening to what you have to say. Now, are there real conspiracy theories? There probably are. But anyway, I wish we could get a plane and somebody fly over and we just pour it out. Holy Ghost conviction. Sneak it on them. You know, you guys that want critical race theory or whatever you want, just pour a little conviction on them. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost, come. Over the school board meeting. Over the Capitol. Over, yeah, I'm thinking of some names. God, do it, Lord. Send Holy Ghost conviction over the land. we got to have it. you got to have the Holy Ghost conviction. It's not going to happen because I'm telling them they're lost. It's Jesus that said, you're lost and you need a Savior. How many of you would agree with me? The Holy Ghost is going to send conviction. Fresh. Let's just say, Lord, we pray with faith. You said we have not because we ask not. We're asking in faith as a bunch of believers from Moravian Falls. And we pray, Lord, sin, Holy Ghost, conviction. The Holy Spirit has come to convict the world of sin and of righteousness and judgment. And we pray for all of that to come. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. And then the next thing we need is good old-fashioned confession. You know, the Catholics would call their people into the confession booth. I'm glad I was not a Catholic. It would have scared me to death to have to go in a booth because I don't know if that guy's not looking at me or not. I wonder, could you see the people confessing? I, I don't, could you? You could see them. But that's why I wouldn't go in that booth. But you know, they had something to it. Confess your faults one to another that you may be healed. So there's something to that that we need to, we need to get back. Some of us are not healed simply because we've been holding that thing in our heart. You just need to go. You find somebody. Look, I, you may accuse me. I don't care. I'm going to confess because I want free. And you'll find that person probably confessing to you after you finish confessing to them. Because most of us have something to confess. So we need to confess. But the main thing is confession before God. Remember in Psalm, and I don't mean to be silly, I, I'm just, just being real. But remember in Psalm when David held his sin in his heart and he didn't confess it. It's like his bones were rotting, you know, over. And it was not until he confessed his sin that he found forgiveness and he found healing. Now, to, you know, other than confession, you can excuse your sin. You ever have a tendency to excuse God, you know, whatever. Then you ignore it. There are many people ignoring their sin. And then you can blame others. Well, it's because of that person. It's that woman you gave me. No, no, it wasn't this woman God gave me. She's always, I'm telling you, I get convicted around her. But confession, it means to admit. You confess with your mouth. You got to confess. Listen, you got to confess before men, but mostly you got to confess before God. And if you confess before Him, the Lord Jesus Christ, if you believe that God has raised His Son from the dead, you shall be saved. And then confession turns into conversion that results in genuine change. You know, there's probably a lot of people in America, and they think they're, they're right with God. And they're still walking in bondage, slaves of sin. 
the Bible speaks about if either you're going to be a slave of sin or a slave of righteousness. One or the other. Either you're for him or you're against him. Uh, what did Jesus, it wasn't Jesus, it, but we see this in Acts where we see it says, Repent therefore, be converted. This was Paul. Repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. It means to turn back. I believe there are road signs all over this nation right now. Along I-40, along I-65, down I-10, going through Mobile. I believe there are great road signs that are saying, turn back, turn around, turn back, turn around. Don't go there. Wrong way. Turn my way. I, I believe I can. How many of you can see them right now? They're all over the nation. Gigantic road signs. Turn away. You can be saved. This is the day. And we got to confess it. And we got to be converted. Now there were those that came to Jesus, but they'd never had a real change in their heart. You remember what he said to them? He said, go and bear fruit worthy of repentance. They came to be baptized. He said, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Go bear fruit worthy of repentance. Now, that doesn't mean you don't come to him as you, like you are, as you are, just like I am. But it means there has to be that repentance, and there has to be a change. Do you know what new creation means? New species. It's a new creation. The word speaks of a new species, a new creation. Now think about this. <laughs> think about this. this. This just hit me. I know. Now wasn't Hitler trying to create some superhuman race? A superhuman race. What do you think they're doing today? Fooling around with the DNA, trying to create. I heard, do you know they have literally these things called super soldiers? This stuff is not conspiracy. There's more evil going on than what we know. Most people in the church, you know, we just know a little. We don't want to know it all, but we want to know how, how much we need a Savior. And I'm just telling you, they're fooling around trying to do. It must be the same demons that were in. In the land in Hitler's day or loosed in our day. Lo and behold, I wonder if any of them are the Nephilim. I don't know. Lord, I want to know a little bit. Just enough to be dangerous. But I want to know you more than I want to know all these things. Because if I remember in Daniel, it doesn't say, and those who know everything that's going on will be strong. No, it says, those who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. So if I have a choice, I'm going to major in knowing God. This other stuff, it's not going to shock me because I have a biblical worldview. Men are capable of the grossest evil. They're capable of anything. Without God is ultimate evil. But with God is the hope of great good and promise and glory. And I believe that he's creating new creatures. So anyway, what the devil is trying to do in a dark, secret, undercover, deceptive... You know how... You can become a new species. You can become God's army. A mighty son or daughter a new creation in Christ Jesus. That makes a little more sense to me now. That's why the devil's trying to mess it up. He's trying to corrupt humanity... From becoming the new creation that God has purposed they become in Him. So what's our task? Bust up the plans of hell by presenting the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because it's the gospel that makes new creatures in Christ Jesus. Old things pass away and all things become new. Amen. Well, that's what I wanted to shout over the airwaves today. But I want to pray for someone in this place, maybe someone watching online. You know, the other day in Uganda, from my back porch, you know, at the end, they were celebrating. I'm just telling them simple stuff out of the Bible. I told them, 
I ask how many in the crowd, this is what, thousand or so, how many of you have Bibles? Let three people raise their hands. I said, guess what? We have Bibles for you. They just started celebrating, you know, just rip-roaring, roaring, because ah, a Bible is like treasure to them. And I started just to end it right there, because it seemed like that's a good place. And then the Holy Spirit pricked me and said, no. There's other people in this crowd too. And so we shared the gospel, you know, how to be saved. And that's when the 50 Muslims got saved. We don't want to ever forget that, guys. The Holy Ghost is convicting piano players. Preachers. I've heard stories of vicars. Vicars getting saved. Is that what you called them? If I was a vicar, God save me from being a vicar. I just didn't come from that. It just sounds funny to me. But anyway, how can you be funny? Because <laughs> this is a lot of fun. Guys, this is the greatest show on earth. It's not a show. It's the greatest story ever told. And our God reigns. And it's not about following rules. How many of you have broken a few rules we break the rules. We go back to the rule maker. And he said, if you confess your sin, I'm faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you. That's all I know. I thank God for the power of confession and the gift of repentance that gives new beginning every time. But some of you have never invited Jesus into your heart, never been saved. And some of you have been in church all your life. And I want to pray for the convicting power of the Holy Spirit that you'll all of a sudden be overwhelmed and that you're, however the Holy Spirit would do it, just convict you that you need a Savior. Let's all stand if you would. I want to just pray. Then we're going to ask people to come. Our prayer teams are going to be around the altar. You can come forward and share what God is doing in your life. If you need prayer, how many of you need a miracle today? Listen, our guys are starting to see major miracles. And uh, that was a major miracle we heard from Teresa. But listen, God can do things like that. He can set people, especially those that belong to Jesus. If you're a child of Abraham, you're a daughter. Remember the daughter, blood, third, whatever, all her life. And all of a sudden, the master showed up. And she was delivered from her issue of blood because she touched the hem of his garment. And I'm telling you, he's here. There are miracles that are going to happen this morning. But I want to pray for many of you not certain that you have a Savior and you want to know Jesus. Just let's pray this out loud. And you guys watching online, just pray it. Just take a step of faith. Maybe just stand up where you are in your room. Because this is, I'm telling you, this is happening all over the earth right now. People are coming to Jesus in record numbers. And I don't know if we're going to get to know what all the statistics were or not in this hour. I don't know. But I know it's going to be recorded in heaven. And I saw a book one day in a dream that was empty. And that book is now being filled with the names of people that are coming to faith in Christ. And those books are going to be filled. And you just pray, say, Dear God, I need you. I confess my need of you. And I believe in Jesus, that He is the Son of God, that He lived, that He died, and He rose from the dead. And I confess that I'm a sinner, and I ask You to forgive me and cleanse me. Thank You for the power of the blood of Jesus. And now I choose to repent. I choose to turn from all of my sin and I turn to you. And I confess Jesus as my Lord. And I believe in Him in my heart that God has raised His Son from the dead. And your promise is that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so I yield to the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And I make my confession known. And I thank you for the conversion. And the change that was happening in my life. 
In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And amen. I'm telling you folks, prayed that prayer. I know they prayed that prayer. And if you prayed that prayer, you need to come and confess it with somebody. Come on up, guys. We want to have a prayer around the altar. We love you. Thank you for being with us today. Moravian Falls, you guys watching online. Now you know some stuff is going to happen. But you've been put in your sphere of influence to go mess it up as much as possible. Did you hear what I said? Your school board wants to do things in secret. You have permission to go mess it up. You have permission. You know there's some scorpions trying to get around your grandkids. You have permission to stomp stomp them. You have permission. You can go stomp on those scorpions. And over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means harm you. Nothing. Because your God is with you. God bless you guys. We love you. We bless you. We pray miracles. Joy. How many of you need joy? Joy. Joy comes in the morning. Joy. Unspeakable and full of glory. Bless you guys. You come for prayer.